Broadcasting Network. <clears throat> Welcome, podcasters. First, we go to the music part. I'm going to start a new series today. We're doing kind of a, a, a jazz series. But now we're going to lead from that into, into the movies. Um, and these are mu- um, jazz songs I got into the m- movie. Um, and the first one is Sweet Georgia Brown. It's from uh, Some Like It Hot. Um, there was a scene on the train, if you remember the movie, where there, all the girl bands on the, on the train and they're playing this sweet Georgia Brown. Um, and the next one I'd like to do probably, I don't know what movie, where it came from, 1938, Over the Rainbow, oh yeah, <laughs> Over the Rainbow. Uh, that came from, oh God, you people know it, but I can't remember it. Um, anyway, the movie over the rats name. <laughs> the movie is over the rainbow. Okay, and this is the song from the movie Over the Rainbow. Uh, first, we'll start with Sweet Georgia Brown. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters. Here we go. Um, and uh, we're on about the third or fourth episode of we've been working on um, willpower, control of self, um, and trying to make it clear that that's leading to something else. Willpower could be quite superficial and, and we do it if we feel like or um, much has been written on it. And 
as I said, people like Norman Vincent Peale and Dale Carnegie and many more. Uh, I've made a lot of money on articles and books about it. So we're going to work with willpower and self-control as tools for something leading to something deeper in ourselves. That's the reason. So it's not just some commercial idea. Um, my, my idea of mine is, is to be able to probe deeper inside ourselves and see, understand ourselves better. Okay. Um, I want to say something about people. A couple of people have been asking me about the food. It's a big, it's a very, it's a big, big place in us. Is this uh, understanding about what's happening when we're eating? Um, so let's let's uh, in in request of those people. Um, let's say let me say something about food. We're impelled by desire which produces a strong, powerful, craving, grasping part of us. So we must recognize the wanting mind. Now, there's a big thing in Buddhism about the wanting mind. If you ever check into the mind, it's usually um, going after something, some plan to go after something. It's, it's the real animal part of our being, uh, now transposed into a part of our mind that um, these um, uh, graspings and these wantings and desirings, um, it's, a, it's a desiring, wanting mind. And, and the, the idea there is something, there's a sense of being fundamentally unfulfilled. And that comes from some old developmental things. Fundamentally unfulfilled, and we're, and we're searching for something something we can grab and make mine and eat and store away and possess. And Buddha calls that the wanting mind. Um, when we could recognize and name the wanting mind, we intervened in the mechanical circuitry of our being. Let me say, understand that. A lot of this uh, wanting is pretty unconscious and um, comes upon us very quickly if we smell food or see something, and it's very strong, and it uh, heads towards that. And um, it's a very mechanical part of ourselves. Um, but if we could intervene on that part, if we can bring some awareness to it, we've, we've, we've delved into the mechanicalness of that circuitry. So it's not all automatic anymore will shine a new light into it. So there's three components, says the Buddha. The first is the wanting mind and beginning to actually feel that in ourselves. Notice when your attention becomes fixated and how you take your attention. In other words, once we beat in on something we want, we could get very fixated on that. And like we just turn and look at it and want it or whatever it may be. Now, and one of the first parts is how uh, to break the spell of the attention when it's driven and locked in and fixated on an object, an object of food, let's say. Recognize when your attention has gone in search 
of an object for, for that wanting. Let me give you an example. I was a perfect example of my own life. Uh, this weekend, I've, um, I've been on a retreat, and I will call, just call it a Zen world. There's a, a hundred other people who are also trying to understand mindfulness and meditation and so on. But anyway, the, the great cooks there, the people that cook very consciously, and so the food is very good. And, and the desserts are sometimes marvelous. <laughs> so one of my weak points. So I started to rehearse in my mind when the bell rang, it goes to the eating hall. I started to say, you know, let's see if I could do without the dessert. So it just started. It just started there for a moment. Um, so Jim, when, though, did you, yeah. when you, when you, you just talked about the desserts, and I know that you have a tendency for a sweet tooth. Would you find yourself like your sniffer going in the air, <laughs> like and smelling it, or like oh, yeah. going toward it, or anything? Yeah, you know, that's a good point Ray's making. When I entered the eating hall, um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know what they're serving yet. Yeah, kind of that head does go up and kind of sniffs around, um, smelling all good things. But I began to think about, how about when it comes time for the dessert? It'll probably be very good. And how could I work with the very thing that I'm going to talk about? See, I'm trying it first myself. So we went through the regular meal, and then the dessert came out. And the dessert, uh, I was curious, maybe it was just maybe some, uh, it could be something very, you know, come see, come saw, I could take it or leave it. Uh, but when it came out, it was so clear. It wasn't that at all. It was a big, fat chocolate cookie with vanilla ice cream smeared all over it. Oh, God. So they pass it around. Jim, I'm about to get the hell out of here and go get me a cookie with ice cream. <laughs> right. Um, so the servers come out, and they place this dish right in front of me. And I look. And here comes the fixated part. I looked at it, and it was calling to me like a... Oh, well, I just could be, begin to taste that vanilla ice cream over that chocolate. Wonderful. And a real fixation. But now I was going to try to work with this. And remember, I'm in a working work environment. I'm with other people that are trying things, too. Um, so I, you know, I sensed my whole body with it, the, the great wanting and um, the fixation, not being able to keep my eyes off of it, looking at other people and their, how much they got and how much I got. <laughs> I make sure I didn't get cheated. And, and then I said, okay, now you're up to the hardest part, Carola, which would be how to turn your attention away with its imprisonment in the fixation. So people started to Wait, everybody got seated, nobody was eating. And now, on the head table eats, kind of the people that are a little more advanced, then everybody starts to eat. And all the people around me began to chomp it. They all, you know, they, they loved it. And, uh, and I just had a moment where I just, like, was gripping my hand, and I, I thought, now the break of the fixation. 
and I turned away from it with my intention, attention. And to the people in the first table, and particularly the guest speaker, who was an extraordinary woman. And I, I focused on her and broke the fixation. Now, another thing I learned that when you stay away from the fixation, any period of time, you begin to feel that it's starting to change. It's the initial power of the fixation and the wanting mind. And when I turned away and stayed away from it for one or two minutes of looking at the people, oh yeah, sorry, I moved away from the mic. Um, uh, the great hypnotic trance began to lessen. Uh, and I thought, it oh, looks like I'm going to be all right now. I broke the spell. That's, that's, that's the way I call it. I broke the spell. It's no longer totally got me. It still does, but not to the degree that it was before. And, um, Did you have any dessert that night? No. <laughs> no, once the spell was broken, and I pushed it away, and um, the real grip it had on me began to leave. Do you ever do that thing where, all right, I'm not allowed to have the dessert, but yet you took whatever would have been your portion and put it to the side so you can have it later? Oh, now wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that just brought a what whole about other that part. One? Oh, God, I totally forgot that part. Um, so to appease this moment of great suffering, I picked up my napkin and I wrapped the, I wrapped the cookie in the, did you did you do that? Yep. Oh. I wrapped the cookie in the napkin, and with the item, I put it aside. It's exactly what Ray said, which I left out. I didn't, I didn't think about it. Aha! Aha! Yep. That's right. So you can see, you see what I did. I did like a half deal. Then I wasn't going to do it there, but I told myself in the negotiation, "You'll take it home. You have it tonight." Because I was, uh, I wasn't an all nighter thing where. We were going to leave at 5 o'clock. Um, and I put it in my pocket and I had it. So, man, boy, see, that, that's an interesting part of it. I'm glad Ray said that because that helped in some way. The idea that and this other part of me was appeased a little, thinking, sure, so it was a little hard now, but later on you'll love it. So the day ended. I didn't... I didn't need the ice cream either. Um, okay, so but you I couldn't had put that in your pocket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I would have. Uh, we, uh, we what about so? What did you do? What did you do with the cookie then? Okay, so what then, happened to Mister uh, Cookie and Jim? So I went back to my regular workplace, which is a, which is in the library of that group, and the night the, the day ended, and I went home. And I had an idea, I'll use it, I'll eat it some other time. I'll uh, eat it, I'm going to have dinner at home. Uh, this was later now. Uh, and I had the cooking, come home, and I put it down on the counter with the idea of having it. Um, and, I th and Lynn ate it, and then you beat her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she asked about it, and I think, I, I don't know if I told her what I went through or not. Um, but there it was. So then I had a little something to eat in the evening, and uh, 
somehow that that cookie I couldn't fully um, didn't taste right, didn't, huh? No, I didn't taste it. It was still there, wrapped up in the napkin. But then I said to myself, you know when that's really going to be good? Tomorrow morning. Oh. When I go to, go to the office, uh, I'll get a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. So that was the answer, tomorrow morning. You see what I'm doing? I'm appeasing each state. That's, that's the way this mind works. Um, so I got through the night with it. Um, got up in the morning, quickly put it into my bag, and now it's heading to my office. With uh, well, of course, I, of course, the other thing I was going to have for breakfast was this piece of toast, a healthy piece of toast. So I figure my mind said, you could, you know, go on a little heavy on the sugar since you're having such a light breakfast anyway. <laughs> and the negotiation goes on. Podcasters, do you recognize this? Oh. Am I the only one that <laughs> that goes through this? Well, most pod, you know, with, with like my generation, replace the word cookie for beer, and now you'll see what what you're up against. Yeah. Okay. Or cigarette, or whatever yeah. else your thing might be. Right. Um, so now I'm at work. Take it out of my my bag, but you know something's starting to happen. It's starting to fall apart. <laughs> It's not looking that when I opened the when I opened the um, the napkin, it had crumbled. But the still, I said, "Good, I'll put it on the toast. It'll be like cinnamon. It'll be will still be able to get it. I just it won't be whole." I thought I'd do that, um, but it seems like the further I was getting away from it, it was losing its power over me. And finally, I decided, "Oh shit." I think I'll just throw it in the basket. It had all fallen apart. But podcasters, look at those steps and see if something like that happens to you. Uh, the, the dialogues in our mind and putting, putting things off like that. So, in summary then, the first component is to beware of the wanting mind um, as it searches for objects and particularly food that's right in front of us. Second um, component, feel the grip of my fixated attention. That's a very important step. Feel how your attention went right to the food and you kind of looked at some, the way I looked at that cookie. Third, to loosen the fixation by focusing on something else. And remember what I did? I focused to the people to the right of me um, and I focused there until the power was less. And then did you just keep going? Like, would you go one through three again? Like, okay, now you're at home, you're about to have dinner, you eat dinner, and you look at the counter and instead of turning to the group to the right, you turn to Lynn. You know, would you go through the steps again? Well, you know, I didn't, almost like I didn't have to. Uh, this may be different for people. Because it wore off a little bit, yeah. right? The initial fixation, and that's what I learned from this, folks. And podcasters, as you try this, people are eating, um, see when the initial f- uh, fixation breaks how there's a relaxation and you now get some distance from it. But the attention 
has to be taken out of that prison before um, when, when it's had its... The same thing we do with people. We fixate on them, uh, particularly beginning falling in love, and it's a great fixation. I almost can't do without them, have to be with them all the time, and so forth. It's across the board. It's you know who else it's with? It's with our sponsor. All right. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla, and this is a plea because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons' website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. All right, we're back after the commercial, and uh, Gary has a couple of emails he wants to speak about. Yes, I do. I want to go ahead and read two emails. The first one is from Melissa LaFleurge. I hope that I'm pronouncing that right, LaFleurge. Hi, Jim. I'm a fan of your podcast. And Ray, I'm a fan of your podcast. I wanted to tell you I've absolutely been loving your new season. I'm a few weeks behind on listening, so I hope I'm not too late, but I really like what you and Ray have been doing on the subject of love as well as addiction. It has honestly been very therapeutic for me. I battle with food addiction as well as other eating disorders and perpetual self-sabotage. I'm also adopted and was never really able to grasp the concept of love in a normal, realistic way, Mm -hmm. even though I've been trying for years. I stopped dead in my tracks when you said in the Love and Sports in the Pain Body episode, which was a few weeks back, that what our parents never said to each other is inside of us. My dad never really Mm -hmm. told my mom that he was not attracted to her. For, ex- for the entirety of my adolescence and adulthood, I've never believed that my boyfriend's ex-husband or really anyone could find me attractive. Of course, wow. this ties into low self-worth, self-sabotage, and other addictions. Thank you both so much for your podcast, and I hope more people rally behind you to keep it on the air. Love, Melissa. Mm. Melissa's on it. Beautiful, Melissa. Absolutely. And then we have one more from Paul Peckley. Uh, once again, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these pronunciations. But uh, this one says, Jim, have you ever considered creating an album of your meditations and possibly some jazz performances? I enjoy the few minutes of relaxation you do on certain episodes, but would like to hear a longer session of only you and Ray, a longer session of you, as Ray has a tendency to break my concentration. Thank you, Paul. So thank you. F off, Paul. No, I'm just <laughs> now thank you. Big thank you to Paul and Melissa. And we encourage more people to write in to Jim Carolla at adamcarolla.com on the email and uh, Twitter us your, uh, your short form questions at uh, Life Lessons with Jim Carolla Twitter. It's at LLWJC. Or you can Twitter them directly to, uh, to your co host here, Mr. Ray Oldhofer, at Ray Oldhofer. So uh, thanks again for sending us those emails, and uh, we look forward to hearing more. Okay, thank you, Gary, for reading them. Um, uh, very touching one, Melissa, and what you the things you're saying. Sounds like uh, this uh, this work on this show is really connecting with something in you. And um, Paul, I'm glad of your interest um, in meditation. And um, yeah, I'll I'll lead. A, I'll, 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 not today, but um, next week I'll, I'll lead one, maybe just a little longer than I usually do, uh, give you an idea about it. Um, and remember, for yourself, if you want to start yourself, just um, 
in the morning. It's a, it's a most important time is in the morning before you do anything. Um, is to get up and just get into a comfortable chair with your back straight and, um, and your left hand in your right hand and contact your breathing. That's, it's really, literally that, at the beginning, that's really all. If you, if you, if you would do that and uh, feel your breath as, it, as your nostril as you breathe, breathe in and you breathe out and all the streamings of the mind, you just hear them and just let them go. If you can do that for five minutes and gradually raise that up five, six, eight minutes, um, that'll be a good start. So let us know if you're starting that and if you would like to um, hear, hear even more, then I'll add some news. I'll add some things to that. So thanks, folks, for, for doing that. They're very good. Okay. Um, let's see. So we cover a little bit of the food stuff. Um, it, what, yeah, do, why don't you um, talk about, like, because I know you've had battles with food. And, you know, a scenario where um, the cookie won the day. You know what I mean? I mean, I have scenarios where whatever won the day. You know, but do you remember, like, things that, you know what, I sat down. Like, I, 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 I have, I've sat down eating a whole box of Oreos more than once. You know, and half gallon of milk in one setting, that kind of thing. You know, and I never had a weight thing, though. You know, it's just, just that's never been like my problem. I definitely have a nicotine thing where, you know, I could smoke. Yep, that day I smoked. I know there's been days where I've smoked four packs of cigarettes in a day. You know, and you just, I remember one time coming home at night. It was the next morning. I had been out all night to a club or whatever the hell I was doing. I was, it was, this was a long time ago. But I remember picking my nose and going like this. And I looked at my nose, and there was nicotine on it. And I was going, what's that? You know, because you never pick your nose and there's actual brown. And I took a napkin, and I wiped it in there, and my, the whole napkin was filled with nicotine. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I just remember, oh, yeah, last night I smoked like a fiend. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I knew what it was. I just couldn't believe that now I'm looking at this aftermath. Yeah. You know, and then times that by God knows how much time I did smoke when I did, mm-hmm. which I haven't again, you know, and I have over 90 days now. But, mm. you know, when you look at somebody with a eating thing or, or something like that and then you know, when you realize what you've done to yourself, like, what is that? What, how does that feel? And where does that put you sometimes? You know, I remember looking at my finger and then taking that hanky and wiping it through my nose and going, all right, I I have, there's some stuff I got to deal with. And then, of course, I didn't deal with it until much later. Hmm. You know, podcasters, um, Ray said he doesn't really have a need. He's never really had a, a weight problem. You know, you're you're such a physical person. I can't imagine you. you know, whatever you eat, you pretty much burn off. He yeah, that's because I'm. Yeah, well, that, but I think that's some. Um, I also think that might be related to some other thing of my family and ancestry. Like I think I got that from my mom. You know, she always mm-hmm. had to be kind of moving out. In fact, when my mom couldn't move is essentially when she died, you know, because she wasn't capable of moving anymore. 
Mm. Which, when I think about myself and what I do, as far as what would take that place, I know there's more opportunity for me than my mother. But, I mean, I, I have that in me, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, that's right. Your mother was a real worker, too. Yeah, she would. If, and then when she couldn't do it anymore, she she had to bow out. You know, she bowed out literally, and she bowed out because her body couldn't do it anymore. But her head wasn't to par with letting go of certain things. She couldn't. She couldn't put that together. Mm. You know, that wasn't part of her makeup. Her makeup yeah. was, I'm an immigrant farming girl from Germany, and I know how to cook, and I know how to clean, and I know how to take care of. And after that, I don't know how to do anything. Mm. So, yeah. and like, some people know how to eat and know how to, or whatever their story might be, or my story, mm. you know, but to look at that and see where you are with it. Mm. Like, Melissa has some pretty big insight into herself yeah. with what she wrote. Yeah, that was a very special email. Um, the other guy didn't like that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, let's see. In the world that I have come from related to eating, it was, I, eating was the only, I, th- I think I must have said, I've got to make sure I don't repeat myself, was the the only sol- solace I got from my world, the kind of an immigrant family world, um, was eating. And that's the place they really encouraged me to eat. Um, the, the food was um, starchy. It was pasta, almost pasta almost every night, some different form of pasta, until I became obese. And, uh, but was eating, were you... Were you, like, told to eat, would that make your mom happy kind of thing, that you participated in the meal and, oh, look, he's having thirds. What a good boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, <clears throat> or do you internalize it, or was it a, then did it change and do a comfort thing? Or, I mean, was it like, you know, you were, you were Ko- Koshiaba before Koshi, whatever that guy's name, name is, you know, the guy who eats all that food, you know? I mean, was it, was it look, were you... Like, were you put on a pedestal because you were a good eater? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. But, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure. I don't have a real memory um, of that. But I know that I ended up this blob of a, of a person um, trying to get through school looking that way. And um, it was, I, But I'm, I must, I've talked about this. I know I've I'm, I'm probably talked about this before. Um, uh, and it was just lacking. Though my mother was a physical person, she worked in the sweatshops. My father was non-physical at all. He wore a suit. He was a trombone player. And he, I've seen pictures of him lately. I went through some of the old family. He's got a handkerchief in his pocket, a tie. And he, from day, he wore a suit from the moment he got up in the morning. In a world where the men were greasy looking, they were coming back, they were hard laborers. And my father was so, so stood out as a non-working man. And I kind of followed that, that I couldn't do anything either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he, he did nothing in looking good, though, right? <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I didn't even look good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, you should bring in one of those old pictures, and we'll put it on the, the website for people to see. Of me? Uh, yeah, of you phone? and your father. Oh, okay. Some of the old-time pictures. We'll, we'll give oh, yeah. people a little visual aid. All right, yeah. That's was, your, was your dad fit? No. No, he wasn't fit. Because um, I'm picturing, like, you know, zoot sh- suit, white, you know, the, the Who song, white jacket with sideburns, five, and I'm out <laughs> on the street again, and I'm weep. Did no. he look, like, sharp in his suit? No, no, no. He, it was the gray, gray suit. It didn't have much money, but he always had a suit. He always had clothes. I don't know actually where it came from. Now that I, now that you say that, I don't know where they got the money to buy it. Um, and nothing physical only. He didn't do anything physical. Couldn't screw in a screw or a lamp. And I took exactly after him. And the joke in the world that I live in. Um, if anything went wrong, they'd say, call Jimmy and his son, Tubby Boy, Tubby Fat Man. <laughs> call Jimmy and Panza. They'll fix anything. They'd laugh. They thought that was so funny. It end. is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but so. it's kind of funny. Jimmy and Panza got it. Get him in here. <laughs> right. I think of you and Adam talking on this show. Oh, Jesus. How much, you, <laughs> how much you both know and how you can advise people. My, both my father and I, totally. In fact, you'd have us both on this show. <laughs> that would be funny in contrast. Um, yeah, and and I until today, Lynn is the one that she's she knows everything. She knows uh, she puts things together. She she knows when things are broken. <laughs> She knows how what do you just walk up to the light switch? Do you walk up to the light switch and turn it on and off and go, something's wrong with this? Where's the light switch? I always just say, Lynn, the light don't go on. I use that voice, too. And she knows. She says, come on, can't you just try that? Can't you just do that? Oh, man. I said, I'm the intellect. I am the musician, the artist. I said, that doesn't matter. Get my suit. <laughs> That's what my father and I used to say then, too. We're not supposed to be thinking of that. We're thinking of scales, and we're playing our horns, and we're like the elite. You know, we're fooling ourselves. Don't I serenade you? Isn't that good enough? <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. So our, that was... That Wait, was, will you do any, like, do you have any... But I know in the work that you do that you'll have to do tasks. Will that help you? Does that help you? Yeah, when I, um, Ray's referring to the, the work I do, like in the Zen environment, I mean, these people build all kinds of things. And um, they, in fact, they build a house within a house. I mean, there are very, some very skillful and engineers and people that know their way around electricity and, and everything, put their own sewer system in and so on. Uh, when I, before, before, they, the, before they demoted me, <laughs> to the library was their way of saying, yeah, let's get him out of here. It gets more in the way Wait, than did any you, damn did you thing. Get, you got demoted? At the, did you really? No, well, I, I call it that, but they, they wouldn't say that. Um, but uh, it would be, <laughs> I mean, now then when I got older, then I was really looking for excuses. But what I would do is I would work under the supervision of team, you know, somebody who really knew. Like would they say, hey, Jim, go grab that number three piece of steel and cut it at, you know, oh, no, 80. 
I never cut anything. <laughs> Fire up that plasma cutter, Jim. Yeah. Just go ahead and uh, get me out of template over there. All right. <laughs> and then, Jim, grab that 94. Mix that, mix that up right there. Use a little water. We want it dry. No, they might just say, Jim, I'm going to go over to the bandsaw. I said, band? Yes, they're probably swinging. <laughs> no, bandsaw, not music. I'm going over to the bandsaw. Why don't you come and see how I do it? That's the most they would do. And I would hold it. Yeah, I would like try to hold a piece down. And help him run yeah, through a saw or something. Yeah, like, yeah, I would do that. You know, and, and you know, they were very tolerant of me. They knew my situation. But I, I did learn something. I must say that I, particularly when they built a the house, I was in different parts of it. I was mostly doing grunt labor. Um, but they would give me little, they would try me once in a while and give me little things to do a little more than that. It's so funny. I'm trying to picture like myself in in the library, you know, juxtaposition for you're in the library and I'd be out in the field or whatever, but put myself in the library and like, do I know the Dewey Decimal System? Do I know the card catalog? Do I know, would I be able to help someone and reference and cross-reference or I don't know if I would. Yeah, but it wasn't so much that. I see your picture. It's hard to get the picture of what I'm doing, what we're all doing. We're a committee that's reading the works of writers and and um, trying to understand what they're saying. People of higher ilks of consciousness that have uh, spoken, and somebody wrote it down, and we're taking manuscripts and um, and uh, p- punctuating them and. And, doing, and, and taking ideas from them. So it's not so much a card catalog, even though we have that too. But, you know, no, I think you would do very well once you got on to what was going on. And they might well put you there just to have you have that experience. Um, but I, I noticed that, you know, through my own observations of myself that I avoid certain experience, yeah. you know, just because it's not um, comforting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not what I know. Yeah. Which isn't too good for my being. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that all my, yeah. All my life, I've, I've found ways out of things and felt, yeah. I know I've, I've learned how to escape things and so on. And even in the library, I think I'm the weakest one there. Um, I mean, as far as people's knowledge, um, um, they, they know, they know. I know about ideas, but uh, punctuation, I'm not good at. Um, and so they, they help me along. Card, card catalogs, and that stuff, I'm not good at. I'm good at thought things, and um, and they, they have patience with me. Um, okay, I'm looking at the clock, and I see we're pretty much coming to the end. So remember, podcasters. Um, as we go on, we're going to hear the theme in just a minute. Um, uh, so as we get the theme getting ready to go, and I'll run just a couple quick things to you um, in summary of it. Um, Number four, make the quarter note feel good. Okay, here we go. One, so just two, quickly before we get into scatting. So willpower is essentially a mental muscle. So we can develop this mental muscle. For the first three or four weeks, we're doing things simple, not getting into any strong stuff, small things around the house, 
Um, like cleaning it. Yeah, cleaning it. Um, you can do a lot of it. So you 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 have the idea that um, you're going to do an exercise. Something occurs to you. You see a magazine out of place, and uh, you have to get up and put it in place. Um, you see the dishes need to be put in the dishwasher. Things like that. Uh, books put away. Um, Using your left hand yeah. while you're doing it. Oh yeah, right. Remember that. If you want to, that, that's something that's a little, um, you know, that wakes you up using that left hand when you're used to being right hand. Remember the one about instead of saying yeah, say yes. That's a big one. Instead of saying yeah, say yes. And one, here's, let me add this one. I'm just adding a new one. Each day, do something, and I don't care what it is, but do it for excellence. In other words, do it right. It could be something simple, just putting the dishes away, but take a minute and say, when I, what I'm going to do with the sink and with front of me with dishes, I'm going to do this job tonight almost perfectly, not leaving anything out of place, putting everything away, and each day pick something that you do absolutely with the best you can do. Take a drink. Oh, Audience, Ray is now on 80 some days. 90 something. Nine some days of. Thanks, Jim. Okay. See you, folks. See you next week. Bye. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC. Or email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.